Hey everyone, before we jump in, Miles and I are so grateful for all of your support and we want to remind you all to always dive within the limits of your training and experience and always follow the advice of your instructors and dive masters. This podcast is not intended as a substitute for formal dive instruction. We are thrilled to have this space to share our stories and experiences and thankful we get to share them with you. Stay safe out there and have fun. Dive 14. Oh my gosh. We were just saying that like, can't believe we've been doing this for over six months. Yeah, we really thought this was going to be a flash in the pan and here we are. Almost seven months later, still going. You guys are still loving it. We're still loving doing it. Yeah. So here we are, dive 14. No, I like I this. I, I enjoy doing this. It's a lot of fun. It kind of gets me, helps me organize my dive thoughts. True. Um, about a lot of stuff and kind of, you know, it's use you as a sounding, sounding board. <laughs> we're, no, we're going to do therapy next episode. Oh, true. Next episode You're is right. dive therapy. <laughs> um, but it is like that. It is, this is dive therapy therapy. Yeah, it is. Um, so you were in Hawaii recently. And I actually dove. I dove this time. And you dove time. instead of not diving like last time. You dove this time. Yeah, I actually dove so this time. So how was it? You were on a boat. Dude, it boat was dives. We love amazing. Boat dives. Yeah? It was so, so, so good. I needed that dive so badly. I am incredibly thankful. And I came up. I did not want to come up at all. I was like so having a good time. That's awesome. That is awesome. I'm so excited. I'm going to Hawaii in a few months here, going with a couple of friends for a wedding and half the wedding dives. So we're all going to get together and go diving oh, before nice. the wedding. Oh, yeah. nice. Oh, that's cool. Like yeah. nobody that I was with dove. No, you just went by yourself. And so I just went by myself and I got the opportunity to meet people on the boat. And I did talk to people on the boat. I, I love that. I didn't at first, but people kept talking to me. So I talked back. But... Shout out all the people Miles met on the boat. So, I mean, the whole crew is... Shout out to the Dive Oahu crew. Yeah, the whole Dive Oahu crew was awesome. And then also, you know, in true Miles fashion that evening, I was walking around trying to find a bar and a pub to hang out at because that's who I am. And so we're trying to find a good place. And I we find this one place in Oahu and walk in and I'm like, oh, this kind of seems like diver bar. But I look in the corner and all the people I had just met that morning... So it was, a, it was a dive bar full of divers? Yes. It okay, was a dive bar full of divers. And I didn't even know that it was like the diver bar. But I walk in and they're all there. And I'm that's like, hilarious. okay, like I, I wouldn't end up anywhere else. That's great. I Even when I'm not trying, I end up. That's so funny. <laughs> Can you guys tell that she was just in Europe? Because she, she said nothing but the word pub for the last like two weeks. Um, Whatever. I've always said the word pub. Nah, I don't know about that. Um... <laughs> But I'm very jealous of your Hawaii dive experience. I'm very excited for mine. Uh, coming up here in a couple of months. And you're also going on Dive Oahu. I think so. We're gonna we're gonna have to work through it. Um, there's a bigger group going, so we have to make sure that everyone's boats have enough space. Oh. Because um, I think there's seven or eight of us going, oh, so we'll have to figure no, it out. No, it's a massive boat. No, I know, but but it's it's also a weekend, and it's you know we're gonna make sure that there's enough room. Okay. So we, you know, hopefully we'll get to dive with with some of the with with the dive Oahu crew. Yeah. If not, you know, I'm sure there. I'm sure uh, the the uh, there are other operators on the island that are also amazing. Um, while you were off doing that, I've been diving with my students. Yeah. And I've had um my first private. Mm-hmm. I think we talked about this before. You were doing it as I was leaving. Yeah. So I don't think I don't know if we talked about it on the pod, but basically. Um, it's a brother and sister. They are in high school and they're amazing. Um, they took to it literally like fish to water (laughs) and we've been having a great time. So they did their first, they did all their pool skills and they did their first two ocean dives, uh, this past weekend. And then when I get back from my trip, which we're going to talk about, finally, I'm going to finally drop Mm -hmm. the trip. Once I get back from that trip, uh, we're going to, the following weekend, we're going to go out to the ocean and, and finish them off. Cool. Um, and then I've also been diving with a couple of former students who I am now doing their advanced class. Just when we dive. Yeah. So we did our night dive last night. And I, I, I previewed this to you, but I wanted to tell you about it on here because I, I, I'm curious if anyone else has had an experience like this. Last night we did a night dive. And it was the first time I can remember that I actually, actually that's not true, the second. The first one was in Palau. It was a night dive on the helmet wreck. If anyone's ever done a night dive on the helmet wreck, you know why it's creepy. But 
this is the first time I can remember in the last five years and definitely since living and diving in San Diego that I've been creeped out on a dive. There was something spooky going on down there. Really? And yeah, we just, we hit this patch of water at about 55 feet. And it was pretty clear all the way through the dive. We were maybe 20 minutes into the dive and visibility was pretty good. And then we hit this patch of water where the first five or six feet off the sand, so five or six feet from the bottom, was fully silted up. Like visibility was, was shot in that five or six feet. And you rose above that and it was fine. Was it cold? No, there was no difference in temperature. Normally, you're right, normally like the, 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 the cloudy water is warmer and it sits at a higher mm-hmm. level in the ocean. And then below that is the cooler, clearer water. Mm-hmm. This wasn't like that. So that's what, that was my first clue. Like, something's weird here. And then we keep swimming, and it keeps going. It was five or six feet off the bottom for about 150 yards, and there was nothing. There, were, like, there, was, no, there was nothing to indicate why it was silted up. There was no large animal movement. There were no big fish. There was nothing. And the whole time, I just had this weird feeling in my chest like I was being watched. <gasps> yeah, right? It's weird. I get and, that sometimes and at the shores. I, you know, I've never felt it at the shores. That's, that's what, and that was what was so weird to me was, you know, I kind of brushed it off and I kept going with the dive because I was leading a dive for my two students. It was, our, it was our first technical night dive. And, um, you know, I kind of brushed it off and we kept doing the dive. Eventually the, the silt cleared away and so did that feeling uh, sort of at the same time. And, um, yeah, we get weird. out of the, we got out of the water and we were recounting the dive. The students had a great time. They did all their skills perfectly. They did the underwater navigation at night brilliantly. Like, it was very well done. We saw a little bit of bioluminescence, um, but it's sort of faded now. Um, we were seeing a lot of it last mm-hmm. couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, it sort of faded. And we were walking back to the, our cars, and I happened, I just mentioned, I was like, hey, did anyone else feel a little, like, spooky? down there while we, you know, it was like 20 minutes into the dive or so, and they both looked at me and went, yeah, that was weird. And I went, oh, it wasn't just me. That's interesting. It, it felt like, if you've ever read one of those descriptions of like what someone writes, a, like after, if they visit like a shut, shut, shut down, like insane asylum or a shut down prison or something like that, where there's like, you just feel that like weight on your chest for no reason, like that little bit of like dread almost. That's sort of what it felt like. It was a very spooky thing. And I texted you and I said, I had a spooky dive tonight. You said, well, it's the end of September. It is spooky season. (laughs) It It is is. spooky season. We're headed into spooky season. So maybe that was just the ocean getting ready for spooky season. But I don't know. There was something and I brought it up at the dive shop today. I said, has anyone ever felt this? And everyone kind of nodded. They said, it's happened at some point in their lives. You know, a lot of people have felt this, but it had never happened to me before in that way where I couldn't identify what was spooky. Yeah. Like helmet rack, you know what's spooky. The helmets and the, you know, it's spooky. But with this, I couldn't figure it out. And it was, it was a weird feeling. Yeah. Um, the shores, I don't know. The shores, I've never felt that so intensely. But I definitely have felt, and especially on a night dive at the shores. And, yeah. you know, the red tide comes in and it's yeah, like. It, visibility closes in at the surface. Well, and it's kind of, it's kind of green and eerie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've felt that feeling of kind of being watched. And in my head, I'm always like, okay, if something's watching me, I get that vision from like, you know, the big shark in Nemo. Yeah. Oh, where he comes out from behind them. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. always, that's always my. Here's Brucey. That's yeah. always my vision that it's Bruce following me with like a big, <laughs> big toothy smile grin, yeah. and he's just gonna come out of, of the shadows in the shores I don't know why but like if we we don't have large great whites around here but we do though well, we have juveniles yeah but like I I don't know in my head and we never see in my either. head when I feel that feeling of someone watching me it's always him yeah of course because well, yeah that's and that's the it's picture I, I know exactly Bruce the picture you're talking following about, yeah. me and yeah. my students yeah no, that's, it was just such a weird feeling. So if anyone else has ever had that feeling, hit us up. Um, reach out on Instagram. I'd love to hear your story. Um, we'd love to share your story if you're, if you're so willing to share it. But with that, today's episode is all about travel. Miles and I have been doing a bunch of travel lately. I'm about to go off on this big trip that I've been planning for almost a year now. 
my my apartment is a full on mess. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is. <laughs> with gear everywhere as I try to start packing for this trip. So, um, without further ado, let's get into it. So, Miles, let's talk travel. My favorite subject. You literally work in travel. Yes. <laughs> um, so. We've, we've done a travel episode before. This one's going to be a little bit different. This one's less about like choosing where to go and how to do everything. This is literally like how we travel. Okay. I, cause I think we travel very, we travel very differently for sure, but also we have different ways of preparing for travel. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like I have spent, I guess I should start by saying where I'm going, like what I'm going, what I'm prepping for. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So about 10 months ago, I reserved a spot on a liveaboard in Indonesia called the Aranui. Um, it's the boutique liveaboard. We're spending 11 days sailing from Maumere to Samlaki. Um, and it's taken me 10 months to learn how to say those names. <laughs> uh, or at least remember them. On a, and on you're a probably cruise. still saying them wrong. I'm sure I am. I'm sure they're going to correct me when I get there. But, uh, and if someone else wants to correct me before I get there, hit me up. Uh, I would love to not embarrass myself. <laughs> so it's a trip called the Forgotten Islands Trip. And basically in the summer, the boat stays on one side of the Indonesian archipelago and in the winter it's on the other side. So this is the trip where they move between those two locations. Oh. And instead of moving the boat empty, they're going to move it with divers on it. Yeah. And... Therefore, we get to dive some spots that no one really goes very often because they're sort mm -hmm. of just in the middle of nowhere. It's called the Forgotten Islands. The Forgotten, forgotten Islands. Island. The yeah. South Forgotten Islands. They're literally forgotten because nobody goes there. So we're going to go there and we're going to dive there. Um, but that means that on Friday night, I fly from San Diego to San Francisco, then on to Hong Kong, then on to Bali. I have 36 hours in Bali. Yep. Then from there, I fly to Mount Maumere, get on the boat. I'm on the boat for 11 days, get off the boat in Samlaki, back to Jakarta, overnight in Jakarta, out to... Go ahead. Yes, you have your hand raised. Sorry, I have a question. Yes. It's okay. You can keep going. Okay. But I have a question. No, you interrupted already. <laughs> it's too late. It's too late. Ask your question. Okay. I just thought about 11 days on a boat. Seasickness? I don't get seasick. Thank God. So no, that would days. be. I've been on a boat. Are you no? I, no like, I have, are you no, going to prepare yeah, yeah. for that? No. Like, well, so do you so have I have. Way to really, I grew like, up. I grew up. Uh, my parents used to take us on sailing vacations. I know, but um, still. So we we would spend a week, week and a half on boats. So I'm very comfortable with that. And this is a big boat too. This is bigger than the sailing boats. Uh, yeah, my and you're going to be so, like through the islands and stuff, so yeah. it won't be like rough water. No, but it, but I, but I'm not. I'm not. I don't need. I I didn't. I didn't get any anti-nausea medication. I, I'm not going to need it. I, I've never had a problem with seasickness. Okay. And you know what? If For I everybody it, else if listening, knocking on wood this is here, something you should definitely think knocking about. Knocking on wood here, yes. If you, uh, knocking on wood here, I don't have any problems with seasickness. If you do, or if you are prone to motion sickness, before you go on any trip, and this is something, maybe this is a good place to start, um, consult with your doctor about what you might need as far as medications yes. and vaccines and things. Um, so anyway, just to round out the trip, I'm overnighting in Jakarta, uh, on to Singapore for 36 hours, uh, meeting a friend in Singapore, and then flying back, uh, basically reversing the route yeah, back yeah. to Hong Kong, San Francisco, and back here. So uh, I'll be gone for just over two weeks. Um, hopefully by the time I get back, I will have like ridiculous airline status. Yeah, you will. Um, but yeah, so that's the trip. That's the context for... This afternoon, you've already heard Miles was in Hawaii. I'm going to Hawaii, and uh, I'm also going on this trip. So we're no, gonna, but this trip is a big one. This trip that is I a big one. About, I've been like, I've been planning this for as I said, ten months. Yeah. So, but you're still not packed. I'm still not packed. <laughs> I have to, I have two days left to pack. So, um, starting as um, as we mentioned with talking to your doctor. Yeah. I went about a month ago to my doctor. I got my general checkup. And I said, hey, I'm going to these places. Uh, what vaccine should I get? What other medication should I get? Things like that. Um, and I got the list. If you follow me on Instagram, Jake's Dive Shack, you've seen I got eight vaccines in the course of a month. Um, they are not always easy. Uh, I've been 
Yeah. I've been I've been suffering from the COVID booster all day today. Um, but the other vaccines actually didn't affect me so bad. Again, knock on wood, thank you very much. I'm very happy about that. Uh, but in addition to the vaccines, I got a Z-Pack, uh, Zithromycin, in yeah. case um, uh, in case I get food poisoning or something like that, I can I can take that. Um, and I have malaria pills that yeah. I have to pick up from the uh, from, from from the pharmacy tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely start with that. Talk to your doctor. Make sure you're ready to go. Um, make sure you have the vaccines and make sure you have the medications that you will need. They mm-hmm. asked me about uh, seasickness. I said I've never had a problem with it. Um, we dive off boats all the time out here and in other places, and I've never had problems with it, even in rough conditions. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm not expecting to have any problems. Um, so and, I'm still, and, it, and I'll learn the hard way if I do. I'm still a Kansas girl at heart, and so I have had seasickness, and I, you know, it's not often, and I definitely take measures to not get seasick, hmm. but it's happened to me, and that's something that I would plan for if I was going on a liveaboard. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, other things that I'm sort of contemplating before I leave. Um, and, and, you know, getting serious for 30 seconds is making sure that somebody else has your full itinerary. Yeah. So that if, if for some reason something happens, someone knows where you are and how to get a hold of you. Um, I said, I gave my full itinerary to my parents. Yeah. And I said, you know, I'm this is where I'm going to be. I'm not your emergency contact? No. That's so rude. Why? You're not my, you're, I'm, no, 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 no. I want my, my dad is my emergency contact. Will always be my emergency contact. What? What about what? if you have a wife someday? Well, then maybe she'll be my emergency contact. Are you trying? Are you are you proposing to me right now? No. Are I you proposing know. to me live on the, on the podcast? <laughs> no, but maybe you're my emergency contact. I don't know. Am, am no, I? no, I'm a little embarrassed. Am I? No. Uh, oh my god. Okay. You, no, no, you I'm had kidding. me going. You had me going there for a second. I was about to feel really bad. Um, no, my, my dad is my emergency contact. He has all my information. He knows how to get a hold of me. Yeah. Um, because you know, I'm not just thinking about. Uh, you know, some, if something happens to me, but I'm thinking about if, if for some reason I need to be called home. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, they, everyone knows how to get a hold of me. Yeah. Um, so did you give that contact information to the boat? Uh, yeah. So, so the boat asks for like an emergency contact and all of that. Yeah. And then I took it the other way. I said, all right, uh, you know, mom and dad, here are the hotels I'm staying at. Here's when I'm going to be there. Here's the, here's the website and phone number for the hotels. Uh, here's my flight itinerary. Here's um, here's the boat. Here's a, the the boat actually has a Garmin like a tracker thing on it, so you can track. You can see where I am. Did they um, also take your Dan information? Yes, they the boat did. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, good. And then I, I I sent it to my parents as well. Cool. Um, another thing to prepare before you leave Dan Dan, Dan insurance travel 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 insurance in case something happens and you do have to for whatever reason cancel the trip or change the trip leave late leave early whatever the case may be. Depending um, on the policy you get with Dan, it's basically travel insurance. Some of it can be, it, it, but it depends on ha- on what happens and where it happens. Yeah. If something was to happen where I couldn't leave the U.S. when I wanted to, your Dan insurance isn't going to cover that. So that's why you have travel insurance uh-huh. um, to cover those sorts of interruptions. Once I'm on the boat, my Dan insurance will make sure that if something me- happens to me medically, mm-hmm. that I will be okay yeah, that yeah. they will pay you know they will they will take care of me shout out dan uh we shout them out to all our classes i mean yeah, i'll shout yeah. the, i'll shout them to the heavens yeah, I, yeah. I love dan dan does some awesome work i always read their uh they send me out a magazine every mm-hmm. i think it's every quarter or something yeah. uh, i always read it because it's always really interesting mm-hmm. anyway uh, yeah shameless plug for dan they're not they're not an advertiser they're not a sponsor but shameless plug for them anyway yeah. um travel insurance and definitely dive insurance mm-hmm. um because you know stuff happens and i put a lot of time effort and money into this trip and if something were to go wrong i'd want to make sure that that wasn't all waste mm-hmm. um you know now that i'm inside 48 hours on the trip Woo! i am going no matter what happens i'm so excited for you oh i've been i i told you i've been looking forward to this trip for I know, 10 you're kind of, months you're kind of in the zone now oh yeah i mean the, the nice thing so i booked this trip like I said, 10 months ago, uh, I was cornered at the shop by one of the other instructors who's leading the trip. Mm-hmm. Um, our shop is awesome and has a really great uh, travel yeah, they um, do. office. They do. And they book trips all over the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, well, I'm leading this trip. It's on a really cool boat. He starts showing me all these photos. 
Um, and you're like, oh my god. And I'm like, go. damn, these are really good photos. And okay, he had me. He knew he had me because we were diving. It, we had both done dives that morning at La Jolla Shores, and the visibility was terrible. Oh, that's a and great he starts time to get pulling somebody. exactly, and he starts pulling out these pictures of gorgeous blue water, and um, you know that was that he knew he had me from as soon as he did that. Um, so it was a little bit unfair, but you know what? It, he, you know, power to him so, for doing it. Um, so turning a little bit, yeah. but what are you packing and what have you been planning on? So I know you've been accumulating gear. Yes. Specifically, I think this trip was a big push to get your camera. Yes. So again, if you follow me on Instagram, you've seen my trials and tribulations with my camera. I shouldn't have, oh. I shouldn't have brought it up guys. Oh, come on. <laughs> you love, you love my pictures. I do. Um, when they're me. <laughs> I've taken pictures of you when we dive together. Yeah, I love them um, when they're of me. Yeah, yeah. So, this trip, part of the reason for getting the camera was because all the photos you've seen up until about two months ago were from my GoPro. That was it. That was all I was using. But they're it was, so a, nice. it was a three-year-old GoPro. And they were. They were very, very nice. They're very, very good photos. And this trip, a lot of the appeal is macro organisms so stuff you know smaller than your thumb and gopros can't focus uh on something that small they just don't have the depth of field the the, the close-up depth of field to really focus on something and make it out or at least mine doesn't mine's, mm -hmm. the, mine's mm -hmm. the eight so it's an older model um so i said all right i'm gonna save up and i'm gonna get a dive camera mm -hmm. so i did and I bought this camera that you've seen me shout out on my Instagram. It's an Olympus TG6. Part of the reason I bought it was because it's very, very good at macro photography, taking photos of very, very small things. So I've been testing it for the last two months and I've been building it and putting it together and making sure I have spares of everything. And this trip is gonna be the first test where I can really break it out and put it into some clear water and, and really see what that resolution can do. Yeah, that's gonna um, be awesome. Yeah, it's been a real mind mind opener. Um, you know, playing, you know, I suddenly had to learn how to use a camera, learning what an f-stop is, learning how aperture works, yeah. learning, you know, the different ISOs and, and stuff like that. Um, so it's been, it's been very, very eye-opening, um, you know, just, Playing with this, with the even with the strobe, I, did, I, I, I left all the settings alone for one dive, and all I did was move the strobe around and mm -hmm. take the uh, diffuser on and off and see what that did to everything. And um, you know, I'm, I'm learning a lot, but uh, yeah, this this trip is going to be the first time I, I take that camera anywhere outside of San Diego. Mm -hmm. So you asked about packing for a trip. I'm bringing my BCD, my regulator. I have a regulator bag for that mm -hmm. um, because I'm going to check. My regulator and I have a padded bag because I don't want it to get thrown around if it does get thrown around which it's a check bag it mm -hmm. probably will um I want to make sure that my gear is protected and I have towels and other things I'm going to protect are you going to take it apart the regulator you know I haven't thought about it uh the BCD yes because I have a BCD that you we have the same BCD it comes apart into five or six different pieces mm -hmm. the shoulder straps and the waist strap and the bladder so all come off. Gets, like, yeah I, I think I am going to take those pieces apart um, and at least when I pack them, pack them flat so yeah, they're not all curled up and tangled up. Um, taking the regulator part I hadn't thought about. Um, it's certainly an idea, but I, I haven't thought about that yet. So if anyone listening to this has suggestions on whether or not to take your regulator apart. Um, other gear, I'm, I'm bringing my mask, snorkel, obviously, my own fins. And I bought... We're probably going to do between three and four dives every day. Mm -hmm. So I bought um, socks. Like, yeah. like the neoprene like, socks. Mm -hmm. um, I love my socks. I bought I, I bought some because I have uh, open heeled fins. They're not. They don't. They don't require boots. I wear. So I want to make sure that they don't chafe. I wear my bare, um, like mm -hmm. XO Pro. I don't sure. bare yeah. socks, and they're for cold water for underneath your boots. But I wear them on every single dive. Now I took them with me to Bali. Oh yeah. I took them with me to Hawaii, and they're absolutely amazing for the like warm water fins that always are just that strap yeah and so i wear those okay. so that i don't have to wear booties because the booties don't always fit in those either uh -huh. and they also keep me just like a little bit warmer like you do three or four mm. dives yeah and by you that get fourth cold. dive you're like, gonna get a little chilly at the end of the day and your feet if your feet are warm 
and your core is warm, then you're fine. You're golden. Yeah. And so I, I mean, I will literally wear those socks anytime I'm in the water now. And I'm, I'm bringing, obsessed with them. I'm bringing my three mil wetsuit. Um, in the very fun black and white that you guys have all seen. Uh-huh, yeah. I wore um, the 3 mil in white. You wore the 3 mil in white? So, I yeah. actually just wore a rashi when I was in Indonesia. Yeah. But, I also wasn't doing four dives a day. I, I was think, doing two, and so, if I was doing four dives a day, I would wear my three. Yeah, I think, the, you know, I, I, I thought about a rash guard. Um, I said rashi to somebody the other day, and they looked at me like, what the hell's a rashi? Oh, right, Why? rash guard. Because no one calls it a rashi. I think it's just a you thing. Oh. I think it might be a you thing. Or maybe it's a, co- did you pick it up in Costa Rica? I picked maybe? it up in Costa Rica. Yeah, maybe from, it was a Costa Rica thing. From a Brit and an Aussie. Yeah, maybe. But it was like, um, but I picked it up from them, and yeah. they called it a rashi. Okay, well, it, yeah, I called it a rashi to somebody in the U.S., and I they like thought, I, they, they looked at me like I dumb. had three heads. So I, I thought about a rash a guard, but <laughs> the reason I didn't do it is, again, four dives a day. And my buoyancy is slightly better in a wetsuit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it, because my legs, for for better or for worse, my legs are heavy. Uh, I am bringing my three mil wetsuit. Yeah. Um, and I'm thinking about other gear. Uh, I think that's oh uh, a, a reef hook. Mm, that's a good idea. A reef hook, and I got a um, yeah, and I got a um, a reef uh, a reef stick as well, mm-hmm. um, which I've never used before. Are you taking a light? So I here's another one we can throw out to the audience. I'm bringing my the two lights that are on my camera, mm-hmm. both of which have spotlight modes, or you know I can use them as, as like a torch to find things mm-hmm. and, you know, little critters. So I'm deciding whether or not to bring my handheld torch because it's just one more piece of gear. It's one more thing. It, you know, I then have to bring the batteries for it, the battery say, chargers for the batteries for it. And, you know, I'm thinking I could save a couple of pounds by not bringing it. Where are you going to put the batteries? Like, how are you going to find Well, I have a bag. Those? I, have, I mean, I'm going to put them but all like, in, in bags. I like, thought there was, like, stuff on regulations on batteries. Uh, no. It, it depends on whether or not you check it. If you check it, there's rule. There's certain rules on what batteries you can take. And I, I think I'm going to have the batteries in my backpack anyway. Mm. Um, the key pieces of, of, of my gear, I think I'm going to have in my backpack. Um, but I'm trying to do this whole trip in a roller bag, a duffel, and a backpack. Mm-hmm. Which includes, you know, a day and a half in Indonesia, a day and a half in Singapore. And I'm flying... We did the math on it. Um, I did the math on it the other day. It's close to 22 hours of actual in-the-air time, not including um, layovers. Including layovers, it's almost 36 hours of, of flying. Yeah, no, it's um, a lot. It's actually, I think it's closer to 30 hours of flying. It's not 36, Bali was it's 30, 30 hours. It's 30 hours all in uh, of, of, of travel time. So I'm going to take at least one shower in an airport somewhere. Um, so I want to bring a couple extra sets of clothes, you know, so I can take the, I can have fresh clothes to wear on airplanes at the beginning of the trip. And then again, at the end of the trip, um, what are you, what are you grinning at me? What are you giving me that? Just cause for? you're like, it's, I would never even think about that. Like I would never even consider taking a shower before I got to my location. I have a 14 and a half hour flight from San Francisco to Hong Kong. Yeah, I did that flight. Yeah. Did you, you did? San Francisco to Taiwan. Oh, to Taiwan. It's the same flight. Basically the same same time. Yeah, after that, I mean, it's, it's, it's 14 and a half yeah, hours. Yeah, no, and so I could have showered. Shower. So, like, I didn't shower, but I got out and, like, I washed my face and brushed my teeth. Yeah. No, so I'm, I, I, when I get off the plane, I would like to take a shower. Yeah, you get stinky, so. Yeah. And, you know, it, I'll feel good when I get to Bali. Yeah. If I take that shower. So I'm going to try. Um, so I haven't really planned out how I'm going to get all this gear in my bags before I pack it all I'll take it all apart and I'll show I'll post a picture mm-hmm. so everyone can see like sort of yeah. you know the before and after um but yeah I'm going to try and do it in two bags and a backpack so that I can kind of it's easy for me to carry and like deal with mm-hmm. through airports and on well, you know on, the on taxis and stuff like yeah. that well I won't even be really through the street I'm just saying um, like the the hotel we're st- I'm staying at in Bali is right by the airport, so it'll be a quick taxi to the air- to the from the mm. airport to the uh, to the hotel, and then 
in Singapore, I'll grab a cab, same, same there, or take the metro. I haven't really, I haven't really, I really have not thought about Singapore. Singapore, I'm meeting some friends, uh, or meeting a friend. It's so easy uh, when you're meeting college. someone. Yeah, meeting a friend from college. And you don't even think about it. Yeah. Um, so by the time I clear customs, hopefully she, uh, she's awake and she can like tell me what to do. Yeah. Like um, when I was in London, I didn't even think about it because I was meeting my friend. Yeah, you're meeting your friend. So your friend's just like, oh, take and this train like, to do this, to do that, to do like, nothing. Do you have anything you want to do? And I said, no. Yeah, that's why I met my friend. <laughs> I, we, I, had the, I had an identical conversation with my friend the other day. Uh, and I said, all I want to do is eat. Because mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. everyone has told me about Singapore is that I have to like the food is incredible. Yeah. So I can't wait. Um, but yeah, so my packing is basically dive gear, camera gear, backup gear for the camera, um, some spares for my dive gear as well. My dive log is coming with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm bringing my iPad, partially to watch movies. Yeah. Uh, but mostly so I can edit photos. Yeah. Um, so when I get back, you guys can get a nice big dump. I of always bring photos. my laptop. Um, and then I bought a, um, I bought a little hard drive. I was showing you mm-hmm, uh, today. Mm-hmm. I bought a little hard drive. I think I posted a picture of it too. And I think actually the uh, manufacturer, I tagged the manufacturer in the, in the post and they, they reposted me, uh, which was kind of funny. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was kind of funny. And, um, it's like the size of a credit card. Yeah. A couple, like a, you know, maybe a half a deck of cards mm-hmm. and uh, it's two terabytes. So hopefully that'll be enough to capture all of the yeah. photos and video that I shoot while I'm out there. Yeah. Um, And then other than that, you know, I'm trying to go minimalist on the clothes. So, you know, five or six t-shirts, a couple of, uh, you know, long sleeve button downs for when it gets chilly at night, a couple of pullovers, um, and then some clothes for, you know, down and back, uh, on the plane. I get cold on planes. Do you get cold on planes? I get freezing. I always get cold on planes and it, but it's never immediate. Like you get on the plane, you're hot. It's hot on the plane when you get on it. Because people are moving. Right. And I think too, like we tend to go to hot places like Hawaii. Hong Kong, Singapore, yeah, yeah. Bali. These are going to be hot places. Mm-hmm. So the plane's hot when you get on it. And then you, like an hour into the flight, it is cold. So cold. It is straight up cold. So I'm going to bring like joggers and a sweatshirt. For it's the, freezing for the plane. every time. I'm going to bring joggers and a sweatshirt for the plane. Um, I bring a blanket. I will, I will have a blanket but usually, provided on the plane. Usually there's a blanket on the plane. Especially for you. Yes. Since you travel in style. I've been hearing about this for 10 months. Um, <laughs> yes, I did. When I booked this trip and I realized I was going to spend close to 30 hours traveling, the splurge to my, that I said to myself, if I'm going to spend 30 hours traveling, I'm going to be a puddle of jello by the time I land in Bali. I'm going to be useless. And, and the day the day that I have free in Bali, I won't be able to do anything because I'll be useless. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, you know what? If I can get a good deal on some first class flights, or at least business class, I'm going to take them. Mm-hmm. And I did, so I did. Mm-hmm. So I'm flying business class on... On the on the international legs, mm-hmm. domestic is all you know. Flying, I think I'm, I'm flying Southwest to San Francisco, uh-huh. uh, and I'm flying uh, local airlines in Indonesia. Yeah, um, but I, I did you know I said if I'm gonna like this is gonna be a comfy trip. The live aboard looks like it's gonna be very comfy. I'm very excited about that. Uh, I have a cabin to myself, which is gonna be very exciting. Uh, which means I like can sleep and. People who know me when I travel know that sometimes I do snore when I travel. I don't yes. snore. At, here's the thing. I don't snore at home. I only snore on the road. I don't How know How do why. you know if you don't snore at home? The same way anyone knows if they snore. Someone tells you. No, but who would know? I'm not answering. <laughs> um, um, but <laughs> I do. So it'll be nice to have a cabin to myself. Anyway. Anyway. My whole plan. Mm-hmm. For this travel experience is that, like I said, I'm going to pack one time and I'm going to get to the airport early. And I, I built in for myself long layovers mm-hmm. as much as I can. Mm-hmm. My layovers are at a minimum two hours, mm-hmm. um, which I, don't, I know some people who like to play it tight and, you know, they're like, all right, as long, you know, I want to spend as little time in an airport as possible, which I respect. I don't. I'm not one of them. I, I build in. I big. I honestly love being in the airport. I love hanging out, having a Bloody Mary, chilling, like working on my computer, listening to music, just like having. I people watch. I people watch at airports. I love just like sitting 
and like having this like dead time where like I don't need to do anything. Airport time isn't real. It's not real time. It's not real. It's like not you could have you could have a beer at six a.m. Yes. and there's a guy sitting next to you who's been drinking since four. Yes. Like it's not. No, I love there it. is no real time. I honestly, I absolutely love the airport. I, I really do. Like yeah. I've always loved an airport. I grew up, you know, divorced kid problems, but like freaking love the airport since I was a little I like, kid. I like an airport because for but similar reason it means adventure. Yes. Being in an airport means there's an adventure happening. It's an adventure. It means I get to do something on my own. It means like everyone knows I'm traveling. Yeah. And so no one like I have an excuse not to contact anybody. Yes, and you look around at everybody else, and you're like, hmm, I wonder why they're traveling. Like, you never uh -huh. know. And sometimes you know. Like, sometimes yeah. it's obvious. When there's 12 girls and one of them's wearing white, you're like, okay, I know what that is. <laughs> but when when it's, like, just two people, when it's a couple, you're like, are they on our honeymoon? Or this, is this, like, a, a vacation? When you hear... I don't go... I never go that crazy. I try... When I don't you know, hear hooves, like, think zebras, not horses. It's more fun. <laughs> Run that by me again? Like, have you never heard that? It's, like, a Grey's Anatomy thing. But, like... When you hear hoofs, like hoof beats, yeah, hoof yeah sure, beats, okay. Think zebras, not horses, because it's more fun. Okay, I see. Now I, okay, yeah, because you think horses, like the, you hear your hooves, you think horses, but you're saying think zebras because that'd be more interesting. Yeah. I like that. Okay, I'm never <laughs> going to use that, but I like it. Because um, I'm going to forget it, like, almost immediately. But anyway, so that's sort of like my plan for this trip. It's my first ever liveaboard. So anyone who's done a liveaboard before, Send suggestions. You have 36 hours before I leave. So send suggestions. All right. Um, but Miles, I want to hear the regulator story. Okay. All right. I'll make it quick since you took up 20 minutes. So what? <laughs> no, it's okay. So. You can take 20 minutes on your regulator. Okay. Story. So basically. A year and a half ago, I was going to Tulum for a wedding, another wedding. I have a lot of friends that like to get married. And I, luckily, my friends that like to get married, get married in great places like Hawaii and Tulum. Yeah. And so I knew that I was going there. So I went a couple days early so that I could dive the cenotes and also Cosmel. Nice. And... Luckily, we're in San Diego, and so we can fly out of Tijuana, and it's right. a very cheap, easy flight. Because it's domestic. Mostly. Um, so my experience was sadly not the case. I'm not gun-shy to flying from Tijuana again, but I would change... If you did, there are things you would do differently? Yes. Okay. So basically, I had heard from everybody, like, hey, don't check your regulator, Take it in your carry-on. They won't say anything. Like, totally fine. And you want to have it with you. Multiple people had, like, you know, done it that way before. And they had even done it out of Tijuana before. And so I had my regulator and my dive, like, I had my dive watch on me and then my mask in my carry-on. And then I had checked my other bag with mm -hmm. the rest of my gear and my clothes for the wedding. And so I checked my bag. And then I'm going through the line in the Tijuana airport, finally get up to TSA. And they like took my bag through like the metal detector and stuff and they had pulled it to the side and they pulled the regulator out and they were like swinging it around, like oh, not God. being gentle with it. It was so stressful. So they're like swinging it around and they're like, you have to claim this. What? And I'm like, what? Well and they, and they were like, yes, it's fine. no, fine. they, no, they were like, you have to claim this at customs to bring it into the country. Like what? you, Why? because they thought it was medical equipment. They thought it was like some medical equipment that I was bringing across and that like, it could be considered. What? Yeah. It was insane. It was seriously insane. And so like, I speak Spanish, like I was able to like, you know, semi communicate with them and no one believed me. I was like trying to show them pictures and I yeah. was getting really flustered. So I got very upset, but they were like, we're like, you can throw it away or you can leave. Like my regulator, they picked it up and they were like, you can throw it away. Could you put in your check bag? No, because my check bag was already checked. Oh, it was gone. And so I tried to run back and get my check bag. They said, it's already on the plane. Oh my God. And so I couldn't get it back. And I was like, can you check this bag? And they were like, we're done checking. Like at this point I was like, last I, I had like 30 minutes to board 
And so they were like, the plane's already checked, like you can't check this bag anymore and all this stuff. And they were like, even if you did, like you'd still have to like try to claim this. It was such a weird situation that nobody else, I told so many people this story, so nobody weird. else has had this issue ever with their regulator. But I, I don't know what the girls in TSA did not understand or did not know about this dive equipment, but they swore up and down that it was medical equipment. They wanted to throw it away. They were swinging it around. I was so frustrated. I So what did you do? I lost my shit. And <laughs> I, I did. That's what I did. I lost my shit. I, like, cried. I, I was so, so, so upset. And so I left. Like, I had missed my flight at that point because it was, like, so back and forth that I had missed my flight at that point. And so I left the airport. And then I like had to go this whole roundabout thing and find my check bag. And it was on the other side of the airport already into Tijuana. They got it off the plane. Yes, they got the check bag off the plane, but I had to go out of like the TSA like crossing. Like out, of the, out of security checkpoint. I had to go home. I called and like figured out where my bag was just to make sure. And then I had to go back to the border, cross on foot, then take an Uber to like the departure part of the airport, go and get my bag out of like the baggage claim and then take a, I crossed the border like four times that day. So how did you end up getting to Tulum then? So then I go home, I'm like in tears, like freaking out cause it's like one of my best friend's wedding. I took a last minute red eye from San Diego. Oh, to, you make it. It was like a $550 flight. Ooh. It was so, and that's one way. And the original was, was probably, yeah. And the original was probably like 200. 150 yeah. was the original. Yeah. And I never got that money back. I'll never see it again. I'll yes. never get God. reimbursed. But it was a red eye. So it took me from San Diego to LA to Dallas to Tulum. Oh my God. Through the night. <laughs> Oh, I like a red eye flight, so I'm not. You know, that doesn't bother me insane. that much. But that, but it after was, after that kind of a day, that that's. I was so up for like thirty hours because, and all because I wanted to not check my reg, and some and some girls at TSA didn't, didn't believe me was. and didn't believe me that like it's just a hunk of metal unless you have a tank. Yeah, it's completely useless. And that's what I was trying to explain, like. It's a hunk of metal unless you have a tank. And they hunk said, of metal might not be the right word to use. <laughs> but like they were like adamant that it was medical equipment that had to be checked like through customs and had to be claimed. You're just reinforcing that I'm I'm going to at least through it through to Indonesia, I'm gonna check my bag. Well, just because like I that I am I yeah, I would not want to deal with and that. And so either. now I'm like very I'm not shy about flying through Tijuana again. Like I would do that, but totally nervous to ever fly with my regulator ever again. Well you flew with your regulator to well, I, I know or you didn't okay. I didn't take it. Even I've, even to Bali, I didn't take it. I've flown I'm with so, my regulator a few times, but it's like, been fine. I know, and every no one has ever had an experience like I did. Yeah. But I am so scared now. Like that was mm. such a like that was like the worst travel day. That's up there. I think, like my. I, I think I think that, that's like my top five worst days ever. Kind of makes the case that yeah, that's a pretty that's a pretty shitty. I mean, also it cost me like and it cost you four hundred bucks. It cost plus, me plus a, a couple lot of Ubers across the border. Yeah. Um, I think that makes the case though for getting to the airport early. So yeah, you could, but I mean, if you had gotten to the airport I was earlier, there two hours early, it was a long line right, I, through yeah, everything. Right. And, and, I'm and, just saying, and, like, it right, was. And, I don't think I did anything wrong in this situation. I don't think you did either, but I think it's 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 when you are doing international travel, getting to the airport, especially when you're in a foreign country already. Yeah. Getting to the airport early. Yeah. Where, especially in a country where you do not speak the language. I mean, I do, but... Right. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about for oh, me for in Indonesia. Indonesia. And, like, yeah. and um, getting to the airport super early in those cases. Mm -hmm. um, definitely. And having a lot of layover time. And having layover time. But, but yeah, so that's the regulator. That's the regulator story. That's the regulator story. It's big, sad, and yeah. I totally, like... And it's sad, too, because, like, I... 
I'll travel with my regulator at some point, but yeah, I get so, I know I will, but like even, and I wish I had to Hawaii because then I would have gotten to use my own gear. Not that like, I mean, Dive Oahu has great gear, they but, had an air it's too. Not, but it's not my yeah, gear. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's the story, but at some point I'll take, I'll take it with me again. I'm trying to think. So when you went to Hawaii, you said, you know, we did all my packing. How did your packing go? Yeah, so I mean, obviously, like you guys know, I didn't take my rag, but um, <laughs> but I took my BCD with me, and I did take it apart, so I made sure it was all dried out, and I actually stuffed, like, since I had all my wedding clothes with me, I actually stuffed a towel, like, I took the low-pressure inflator hose off, and then I kind of put a towel, like, in the... Into the thing. bladder? Like, just a little bit. Okay, I'm just, like, I'm, yeah, yeah, no, I, I understand what you mean. I understand what you mean. Just in case, but... because I dried it out for a day. So, I took mine off, and then I just put a towel there just in case, yeah. like, the bladder kind of leaked a bit. And then I took the buckle off of the back, because I get, again, nervous about the bladder. Oh, if it punctures the bladder? Uh-huh. I know, maybe that's a little overly I mean, cautious, but. Yeah, just don't put the buckle on top of the bladder. But I see your point. Yeah, so uh, I took the buckle off in the back, and then I keep my mask in the carry-on always because I've had a mask break. I have my mask in a case in, the, in my carry-on. I've had a mask shatter before, and it's very, very sad. Yeah. So I keep my mask in the carry-on, and then I usually wear my watch, like my yeah, I, I, computer and watch. I have mine, I have mine on my wrist 24-7, so Especially I'm if I'm going somewhere that. like a foreign country, like especially when I was backpacking. I always just had it on me because I got so nervous. Ooh, that brings up an interesting point. Passports and paperwork. Mm -hmm. What do you do with them when you're traveling? Where do they go? Um, I keep mine either in like a super accessible like front of pouch backpack area. Super accessible how? Like to me. To Okay, yeah. So, so like, that I can get it out quick. I have always been a fan of pocketing the passport, like front pocket. I don't have a front pocket. Um, well, gotta get better pants. No, that's okay. This is a whole conversation for the women about like pants and pockets. Okay, well, you also this, know you're a big you're a big fanny you're a big fanny pack you're a big fanny pack girl. No, I kept it in this backpack that you can see right here, and this backpack I wear in my stomach because I have oh you my, wear it around the front. Okay. I have my other backpack on my back. Because I, that's how I travel. I am mobile. Two backpacks? Yeah. And? I have the duffel on my back. It's like a duffel that turns into a oh, backpack. Oh, okay, okay. You didn't, you didn't explain that. So it's I didn't a duffel know. that turns into a backpack. I was just thinking backpack. you had two backpacks. And then I have a personal backpack for my laptop, a book, and my, like, personal items. Gotcha. And then I keep the passport here. Keep, so your passport is it's right in here. a pouch in front of and you. And I can, like, it's not visible to anybody else, but it's right there. I can take it out easy. It's in Your passport is in a pouch in front of you. And then my COVID card is in my passport-like thing. My did cover. Indonesia care about your COVID card when you were there? No, but I Because they didn't, they didn't care about my I don't know. Fiji did. Last year, Fiji did. Yeah. I think I had to do a rapid test within 72 hours before I left or something like that. I don't and know if we really needed it anymore. There was something like that. I, I, I keep mine in my wallet. Um, yeah. If anyone asks me for it, I can, I can pull it out. But um, the passport, especially like... I'm thinking about walking through airports. Right? Yeah. You know, I have... Let's say, you know, I'm checking two bags and I have my backpack on my back. Where is my passport in all of that, right? So mine is usually in my front pocket um, because I have pockets, but you don't have pockets. So you, you're, 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 you're double cameling it. You got mm -hmm. the front, you got two backpacks on. So that's another way to do it. I know a lot of people do the um, uh, fanny pack over the shoulder. Mm -hmm. And obviously, if the fanny pack's right in front of you, that's, yeah, that's pretty if I easy, take Yeah, if I take a fanny pack, then I'll do that. But usually, I just have the two backpacks. And then um, I consolidate. Like, I usually bring a purse with me for, like, day trips and daytime, like, around. And then I just put the purse in a backpack. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, yeah, because I'm always, you know, I, I'm always thinking about, okay, I have to bring a bunch of paperwork with me for the boat and for different hotel reservations and other things like that. So, you know... All that paperwork and then my passport and my vaccine cards and my COVID cards and all that other stuff. Like, where do you put that? And depending on, you know, what you want to have close to hand, you know. I don't think I'm going to put my backpack on my front um, because I don't have anything counterbalancing it on my back. And that would, you know, it's yeah. sort of bad for your back. 
Um, I just do it because I have the two, and I don't like to just carry things on my arm. So, and like, I don't really like the whole roller bag thing because I've been in so many situations where like I'd rather just be mobile and not have to be dragging something. Yeah, if you yeah, because you're used to living the, ba the backpacking life. Yeah. And I have never done that, so I'm 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 looking at you with like, why wouldn't you use wheels? The most basic concept that humankind has ever come up with. Um, but yeah, so that's that's how we travel. Yep. And obviously, I think we actually do. We we said at the beginning we do, we travel very differently, but I think we, we actually do travel very similarly. I think we travel like I think we're both like very prepared travelers, and so I think we travel well together, but. You would just be more bougie than I would. I don't think that's necessarily true. I refuse to fly Frontier Airlines, but that's that's a personal problem. <laughs> and I will find other modes of transportation. I also, I, I fly for work, so I have status on certain airlines, and I prefer to fly those airlines because I get uh, status on those airlines. Miles is showing me a picture of her with her twin backpacks, and it's very funny. Um, but I can move. I can run. Like. Well, yeah, but if I needed to run, I'd just ditch the roller bag and run. I don't have to ditch a bag that way, though. Well, for the first 50 yards. Just saying. <laughs> I'm a short, I would love I'm to see you run in that. I'm a short woman. Like, I need to be able to be mobile to okay. be moving. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I see your point. I'm just, I'm, I'm, my, my head is not there for that scenario. So okay. uh, if, if your head is there for that scenario and you think I'm wrong and you totally connect with Miles, let me know. I'm happy to be wrong. I've been wrong before. Once once or twice I've been wrong, Whatever. I think, on this podcast. Uh, only once or twice. Whatever. Um, Let's wrap but it up. Yeah, I think, you know, we do travel more similarly than we thought. And we'd love to hear how you guys travel, what trips you got coming up. Uh, hit us up, let us know. But, uh, yeah, this, is, this has been another wonderful conversation. Um, boom. Boom. Right. Recording this before I disappear for two weeks. Yep. So, yeah, it, until next time, I'm Jake. I'm Miles. This has been another episode of Free Descent. See ya.